video vampires. Ew. With, with Mickey and Jessica. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> this is where we're at in life now. Just complete ridiculousness. Just yeah. at How every turn. Yeah, I think we've tried this our third try to get this episode off the ground. Yeah, it's been really difficult today, um, but that's fine because every day is difficult. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, what's up? Um, I know before when we were trying to get this all situated for this episode, uh, we were talking about just missing movie theaters, like missing movie yes. theaters so bad. The whole block I'm missing. So we talked about all the closures, so swingers for LA people. Um, Swingers Diner is closing on Beverly, which is sad. It's sad for me because that was like a late night. There's not a ton of places that are still open like all night. And Swingers was one of them that was open, you know, pretty late that you could go and get grilled cheese. You could get vegan pancakes, like whatever. And then um, Amoeba Hollywood is moving. They were planning to move, um, which their new location is, is fine. It's like, I think it's supposed to be right near the Fondo, but it's just in that area of sunset that was like really easy to get to. You could go to a movie at Arclight. You could walk across the street and go to a move Amoeba and get a record. You could get a few drinks, tacos, you know? Um, well, yeah. And that fucking, um, Jack in the box is closing across the street. Did you know that? Did we talk about yeah, that? You're, yeah. We talked about that. Uh, well, you and I talked about it. I don't think we talked about it on the episode. Yeah. yeah. That, that creepy ass crazy Jack in the box is closing. Um, it's just weird. You know, the LA is going to be changing. It's changing a lot. And, it's going to be really interesting to see how everyone survives here. But um, speaking of Los Angeles, I've been rewatching Angel, the TV show. I just finished it. It takes place in Los Angeles, early 2000s. Um, on the rewatch, I probably haven't seen it since I was in my early 20s, which was around that time period. Um, I'm aging myself a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of great. It's, um, it's very much Los Angeles. It's really poignant and it's, it's silly, but like in a really fun way. Um, and then also the finale, I think ended great. It kind of gave every character this like piece of justice, um, through the whole series. So, cause then it starts to get good. I feel like at the end of season two into season three, and then it has like this really weird storyline in it. Um, very incestuous and Freudian, um, but it's still really, really cool. I guess that's the thing now, you know, incest, um, these days in, in story for some reason, everyone thinks it's really hot. Um, also finished. (laughs) It is. Have you ever seen the statistic Pornhub? The best thing they ever do is release their data (laughs) and it will tell you like how many people are watching what and where it's, it's really great, but there's a lot of popularity in incest porn in case anyone was interested in porn data. Um, anyway, so I actually watched, um, devs too. I've been talking about it. The season finale, um, happened. It was Alex Garland who did Annihilation and Ex Machina, um, his eight episode show on Hulu. It's so cool. It's, it's probably my favorite thing that came out in the last few years. It's just brilliant and it's kind of soft and and tender and and um which is surprising and i i feel like pieces of his work even though really dark they have pieces of of tenderness too it's it's really interesting um i think he's a great up-and-coming director and and i'm excited to see you know what comes next um I also watched Circus of Books which is on Netflix which is really cool uh also an LA thing you know 
uh, I was introduced to it randomly. I was walking down the street. Um, this was the Silver Lake one. And I was like, oh, Circus of Books, like, seems like a cool store. And I walked in and it was a cool store, just not exactly what I anticipated. So um, it's a, just a backstory about the people who owned the shop, um, how long they owned it, and all the things that they overcome, especially, you know, in, in the gay porn industry. And they were a family, so it, it just kind of goes through all the people that worked there and the time periods and everything. And I ended up crying um, watching it. Um, just another little piece of LA that's now gone. Um, yeah. I watched that Boiled Angels documentary um, that we talked about when we did Brain Damage. Um, mm -hmm. It is directed by Frank Hennemotter. Um <clears throat> It's about Mike Diana, that cartoonist. I think he's the only... American cartoonist that was ever jailed for obscenity. Um, so it's about his whole trial, what happened. Like this dude, it's insane. Like someone found his blog, or not a blog, a um, um, like a trade. I can't think. I smoked a joint. I can't think of words right now. But um, they found his work and uh, accused him of like being the Gainesville serial killer. Like, <laughs> um, oh, and then they couldn't. You know, it was just like that whole thing. Like they wanted to get him so bad because they were so offended by his artwork that they came up with this obscenity charge and he was actually jailed for it, um, which is really insane. But that is on Amazon Prime if you guys want to watch it. Yeah. I watched this great movie that was a recommendation on Shutter called Dogs Don't Wear Pants. Um, it's, it's really great. To me, it's like a romance. It's like a BDSM romance movie. Um, it's a drama. It's, it's really sad. It like covers like a whole lot of different emotions. Like it covers like grief and it, it covers, you know, reluctance and shame and like acceptance. It's, I think it's beautiful. It's this finished movie. Um, it's on Shutter right now. I think a lot of people were expecting it to be a horror movie, but it's really not. And it's, it's, it's graphic um, to anyone watching it. I mean, it's, re it does get really gruesome at, at some points, but it's it's kind of beautiful. I, I really loved it. Um, it's probably, oh, wow. Yeah, it came out last year, but it's it's probably one of my favorite ones that I've watched recently. Um, I watched the beginning of the show We Are Here on HBO. Uh, it's about a set of drag queens that go to small towns and put on a drag show for the gay community there. And then, you know, they it's like it's like Queer Eye, except with drag queens, um, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I cried at, through the whole episode, you know, because it's like a therapy session. Um, <clears throat> they went to Gettysburg. That's the first episode. So you could just imagine like the horror show of people there, but also like the people who are there who have to live there and be there and, and find acceptance. It's, it's great. I, I'm really um, excited to see the rest of the series. I was a little worried at first, you know, um, I just, didn't really want to deal with anything negative um but it's actually really great it's very heartwarming oh good um and then i also i watched a lot of shit um in the past few weeks um i watched a series called undone on amazon prime um it's an animation um it's got that it's like kind of like this trippy like um story of like this young girl who's schizophrenic but um she believes that her father is talking to her dead father is talking to her and that she's a time traveler. Um, is it the one with Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, okay. It's it's really it's beautiful and it's really great. The the twenty minute episodes, um, so you go through it pretty fast. But it's it's sad and it's cool and it's it's inventive. I I really loved it. That's probably one of my top that I've watched lately too. Um, and then 
I was just surfing the net guys, just surfing the net. Um, on the Instagram anti CGI. I, sometimes I, uh, that's the Instagram name. Um, he posts stills of movies and I have like this whole recommendation folder. And so I just dove into it. Um, I found this movie called the face of another, which is this 1966 Japanese movie. It's kind of like, um, you know, that French movie we did, uh, Eyes Without a Face? Yes, Eyes Without a Face. Um, it's like the Japanese version of that. Um, oh, cool. But it's it's incredible. It's, uh, there's, I think I must have talked about this when we did Japan, but like 1960s and 1970s Japanese movies are just like fucking stellar. They really are. They're just so good. Um, this was great. And it was, it's just like, it's a black and white movie, but the imagery is just, it's just so beautiful um mm -hmm. and it always has like this deep like dark meaning you know <laughs> about like what humans are capable of um i really liked it um i found it on youtube um god bless these uploaders because it's really hard to find i can't find a dvd that was made in america the only uh. thing i was able to find was like an old vhs but it's not for sale anymore so someone luckily had uploaded it to youtube for everyone to watch which is really cool so this whole movie found on there um, and that is like all I watch besides, um, you know, just putting on like some shit on Hulu as background noise, like Rock of Love or something. Ugh. Yeah, no, dude, season one, it's great. All you people know. Oh, I remember. I remember. You're talking <laughs> to somebody show. who saw Poison Live. I can still, even with that in my under my belt, I can still go, ugh. Because I remember Rock of Love really well. Um, the, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, Great Woods in Massachusetts. That was the place to see concerts. I've definitely seen Poison a number uh, of times. <laughs> that is, I went and saw, no, 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 this is, I, it's funny you said that because Great Woods is exactly where I saw them. I saw, it was them, Cinderella, Dawkin, and, oh, God, I want to say Slaughter, but I can't be sure. I, um, all I know is that. <laughs> one point i was the youngest person out of the group of people they were all my coworkers from a record store they were all older and we we're all they, they got me drunk because it was my high school graduation gift and um and i uh and somebody like dream warriors came on and somebody was like isn't this from friday 13th and needless to say i lost my shit and corrected them promptly <laughs> but yeah I, I i i remember great woods uh quite a bit um yeah so yeah just the best and uh, yeah, so that's that's all I watched. Um, what did you watch, Mickey? Well, I mean, I, I watched a few things. Um, you know, uh, let's see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to kind of go in order here, or try to go in order. I watched a Italian horror film that was mostly directed by Mario Bava, um, called Caltiki. Um, and it was a. It's a. It's kind of like a weird. Um, I almost want to say like almost like the thing, um, slash the blob. Um, it, yeah, it was like a 59 horror film. I, had, I got it. Remember when we were going to Beyond Fest, you know, Arrow had, like, you know, they would have a booth there, Arrow Video, and they had it for like 10 bucks. And I was like, well, shit, I, I'll just get it, you know? And I did. I just kind of sat on it until, you know, I was looking for either a rainy day or a pandemic to keep, give me a excuse. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what do you know? One had, one came before the other. So honestly, though, it's funny because they both, they both came at the same exact time. It rained a lot during the beginning of all this. Uh, but I watched Caltiki and it was good. It's uh, it's a little, it's, it's hard because like on one hand, like I always want to watch it, how it was originally presented, you know? So the, the Arrow version has both the Italian and dub, uh, the Italian and the dubbed in American. And I was so bored that I was not bored. I, that's not fair. But there was moments where I just kept flipping back and forth because I was just curious. I was like, 
oh, what, man, this, this dubbing's really bad. I'm going to go back to the original language. Then I go back to the original language, and I'd be like, no, I'm going to go back to the, the American dub version just because I was like, I just was weird. I was like kind of ping-ponging back and forth. But, um, and then my wife and I, you know, we had, like I was saying, we were doing this Friday night movie nights, and we watched uh, Poltergeist, which had been, I could say, probably a good eight years since I watched that. Um, that really? Was, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, Damn, I feel like I watch it every few years. You know, and it's like one of those things where it's like, I, you know, I, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll explain where I'm going with this in a second, but I always equate Poltergeist to like one of those, like, it, it, to me, it's the Universal Studios, you know, haunted house. You know, it's great. It's awesome. It's so much fun. But it's all it is. It's just it's a bunch of flash. It's a bunch of it doesn't polar guys doesn't stick with you long after. Um, I disagree because the way the, I will the way never the, forget the clown doll. The clown. I'll never yeah, I, forget it. I agree, and and I will say this. And I, look, by the way, I love polar guys. I think this is a great. I think it's a fantastic movie. But it's like, it's you know, it's a it's a flashy. You know, there's no. It's like I said, for me, it doesn't scare me as much. The only thing I will say this is that there is this moment where like. And we've already talked about Tangina, Tangina and how bad of a medium she is because it keeps <laughs> happening. But there's this great scene where she's tell, she is telling everybody, um, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is where your daughter is. This is what's in the other, on the other side with your daughter. And that scene, it's all exposition, but it fucking, I could feel like the, the hairs of my neck stand up. I'm like, that's really good. When you, can t- when you can have basically just dialogue basically explaining everything, in such an obvious way, but it still works and it still gives you the creeps. That's good. And I do love Poltergeist for that. Um, you know, and, and what, what I hear, what I think about Poltergeist is that I'm less scared by it now and more like I get caught up in like the, I get the emotional side of it, like the family side. Maybe it's just because, again, we're going through this like crazy traumatic times, but like when they're like, when the family's like sticking together, you know, because like they're going to, you know, they need to get through this and they're like constantly reminding each other, like, how much they love one another or like all this stuff. I get like, I started getting like a little choked up at certain points. I'm like, am I really getting emotionally <laughs> oh, yeah. touched by poltergeist, you know, like, or there's that great scene where like the lady who I think is a way better at what she does than Tangina's, you know, like the Dr. Hirsch. Oh I think yeah. Yeah. When she, when she says like, when she says to Diane, she's like, he's not coming back, but I will be coming back and I'm bringing help. I was like on the verge of like, boom, like falling. So I was like, Oh man, like that's so it's less scary for me and more of like this emotional story about watching this family like go through this like harrowing experience. But I'm never scared. And the clown part, it does it is scary. But at the same time, like I've seen it, I have seen Poltergeist enough times where I'm like, it's gonna happen right here. And I could like time it, you know? But anyway, we watch Poltergeist. And like I said, that to me is like it's it's the it's the amusement park version of a haunted house movie. That's just fine. No, nothing wrong with that. I love that. And then, um, of course, we had um, Joe Bob came back for season two, um, and that was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he had Chopping Mall with Kelly Maroney, who was like one of my top ten crushes of all time. She was in, uh, you know, she was in Chopping Mall, obviously, and she was in uh, Night of the Comet, which is one of my all-time favorites. And then the second movie he did was um, Blood Sucking Freaks, which I know you watched uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I had not. Um, I had not. Uh, You've never seen it? No. What I mean is this: is that my old copy of Joe Bob Goes to the Drive-In has him doing reviewing Bloodsucking Freaks and, and even explaining that, hey, this is a movie that came out in the 70s, but they re-released it as Bloodsucking Freaks. And um, I got to say this, like, uh, it's a tough movie to, to pin down because uh, 
more importantly, it is a movie you you watch with somebody who's already seen it or or is pretty much you know is game for this type of movie because if you just were like, hey, friend that I don't whose tastes I really don't know, <laughs> why don't we watch this movie? You're, I was trying to describe it to my wife because my wife was like, I, was, I basically told my wife, I was like, you can't watch this. It's like just go do something else and like in the other room and like she would come in and I'd be like I'd be like looking at her like please get out of the room because I know she would just be so appalled if she like saw half of this um but <laughs> I was trying to describe to her it's like look Herschel Gordon Lewis movies which are just like tits and gore you know there, yeah that's there's something about it where it doesn't feel as um I don't know mean-spirited like Herschel Gordon Lewis just looks like he's like he's like a guy who's like oh hey hits and i can make money off of boobs and blood so i'm just gonna use i'm gonna make all my movies just have all that whereas blood sucking freaks you feel like somebody's working through something very dark and disturbing like you know what i mean like it's like i uh, anyway point is this is that <laughs> i i don't i didn't dislike it there's moments that movie where i was just like i loved the look of it like there was moments where i was like oh my god like you really it has that great 70s grimy feel where you feel like you're getting sucked into this like very narrow world you know and it's, mm-hmm. it's really i love that i think what makes the movie more palatable was that joe bob had chris jericho um professional wrestler on uh on you know on the episode with him because chris jericho is a a uh blood-sucking freaks fanatic you know oh is he and, he also yeah. looked old i saw this screenshot and i was like damn i forgot well, how old chris jericho is well, it's just funny because, like, in the 90s, and even now, I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, but especially, you know, in the 90s, I was a huge Chris Jericho fan, and I was also a huge Joe Bob fan. So I think my Instagram, I posted something like, man, 90s me and 2020 me are high-fiving right now because it was like, ah, it's finally happened. The things that I love are finally coming together, and Chris Jericho and Joe Bob Briggs, and it was great, and it was awesome, and they, Chris Jericho sang a song that, he, that they had written for Bloodsucking Freaks, like, for, to commemorate the movie, they, him, <laughs> him and Joe Bob's uh, musician, like you know, studio awesome. musician, they were. It was awesome, and it's great. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And in, in that regard, it's Blitzing Freaks is a great movie to watch when you have that. Like, oh, I'm gonna we're gonna have a presentation. It's gonna be like a thing. It's not like hey, I'm just gonna sit down. I'm gonna show you this movie. It's like no, you got to make it a little bit of an event out of it because it's a pretty hard movie to stomach. Like my favorite part was this. There's two lines of this. Um, well, there's few, there's three things that I took away from this thing. One was Chris Jericho. There's the there's the infamous blood sucking scene or the brain sucking scene, and even mm-hmm. Chris Jericho was like, "Yep, that scene still bothers me." And I was like, "Yeah, I, it bothered me too. Like I was like, really uncomfortable watching all of that." And I have a pretty good to- like tolerance for gruesomeness, but I was like, "Oh man, that's fucked." And then two, and we'll tie this will tie into later on. But um, Joe Bob Briggs was talking about how like. Lloyd Kaufman, who, you know, who uh, runs Troma, um, yep. he, because, uh, you know, originally Blood Second Freaks was the, the um, incredible torture show in the 70s. And then Troma acquired the rights for it in the 80s, and they renamed it Blood Second Freaks. And Lloyd Kaufman said, this is the only movie that if I were to view it now, I don't, I think I would, I won't think I would actually want to acquire it or distribute it. And I was like, that's fucked up. When you've got Lloyd Kaufman the guy who did Toxic Avenger, all these other movies. <laughs> and he's saying, no, this movie's too fucked for me. And then the third thing, that, and I recommend anybody who can, watch this fucking episode because Joe Bob dives into like the whole backstory about the actors and the director and how, and the director actually passed away from COVID-19 a few weeks ago. So that's fucked. But oh, like wow. all the, yeah, but all the actors, um, like a lot of the lead actors, like Ralph, like Ralphus, the little like assistant, 
they all died like short, like maybe within 10, 15 years after making that movie. Like mm-hmm. it was like young. So um, anyway, Little Second Freaks was great. And then later on, my wife and I watched uh, The Fog, mm-hmm. The Carpenter's The Fog, which to me is like the exact opposite of Poltergeist where I'm like, no, this is the horror movie that sticks with me afterwards. I love, this is the haunted house movie or the ghost story that, that sticks with me. I love The Fog so much. I've talked about it plenty of times. And then last but not uh, least, we, we watched Valley Girl, which I needed some comfort you know viewing on Saturdays yeah. we watched Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage and Deborah Foreman from uh from April Fool's and April Fool's Day and I love Valley Girl so much I can't stress it anymore it's not a horror movie but also watch something else besides a horror movie guys because you know anyway watch Valley Girl it's great <laughs> and then and then right afterwards my wife was like let's watch that movie Escape Room and we did and I was like I don't like it it felt like a saw it felt like someone was like hey you know those saw movies let's make one but we'll just call it escape room <laughs> and that's, that's oh, more or less what it I was, was like trying to figure out what it was like the Jodie Foster movie but <laughs> no, that's panic room. no escape room was just like it was like oh, a, a way to take the saw premise and cash in on it even more so I don't know I just I didn't care for it although I watched the entire thing because that's the type of idiot I am where even if I don't like something I'm like nope now I gotta see how it ends um so I can be either more pissed off or more annoyed but um some other news uh, real quickly. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but David Gordon Green is going to be doing a Hellraiser series on oh, HBO. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to uh, – I forgot I wanted to bring that up, too. I did hear about that. So that is really cool. Yes. Uh, especially – at first, I would be like – normally, I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? But I know, I yeah. I actually really trust – I trust him now. He's earned my trust after Halloween. Um, I feel like he actually – Whatever franchise he gets involved with, he actually cares enough about it to be true to that franchise. And according to the the um, article I read, they're saying, no, we're going to go as if this movie is a mytho- – like the mythology of the movie, the stories have already been established, and now we're yeah. just going to keep going. And I'm like, oh, that's very nice. They yeah, I did the same thing. I, yeah, yeah. I, w- I like saw the headline. I was like, no, and then I read the article, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um. And then speaking of places being closed, uh, my favorite drive-in is actually closing at the end of the summer, Mission Tiki Drive-In in Montclair, California. Um, so, you know, hey guys, they, they, actually the, the drive-in is still running because they have such great, they have, because um, they're basically, you can just, you never leave your car, you just watch a movie. Um, and now they have a little, they've added more rules, like you can't be more than 10 feet away, you have to be more than 10 feet away from another parked car. Um, all in all, it just makes me happy that the drive-in is still going on i'm just sad that like this company is closing or this drive-in's closing at the end of the summer not because of the pandemic but because actually doing really well because during the pandemic because people need are looking for like oh my god i need a release well here you go but um they just got an offer they i hate to to use this phrase they got an offer they couldn't refuse and they're but they were like hey we're just we're gonna stay open through the summer and it's like so i'm it's very bittersweet i'm happy they're still running and they're still doing their you know they're making it a little bit more sane for people to deal with all this stuff but at the same time i'm crushed because you know i love going to the drive-in it's not the only drive-in in california or southern california but it's the one that i would go to and we had yeah. a lot of fun my wife and i would go and i've gone with old roommates and old friends and it was just so much fun and i saw the fright night remake at the drive-in sitting on the roof of my my brother's car which became my car and if i had known it was gonna become my car i probably wouldn't have sat on the roof of it but <laughs> um i anyway uh, I, I miss it, and it's going to be really sad when it's gone. And so, um, anyway, uh, anyway, we, uh, the move, speaking of, I mentioned Lloyd Kaufman earlier, yeah, um, the head of trauma. trauma. So speaking of trauma, we watched Class of Nukem High. Um, yeah, 
Which is a which, great like brain filler. Yeah, it just I needed some. I, I you know we were talking what movie we were gonna do, and I was like, I just need something, Light. especially after Possession. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> Possession was great, but it was like, oh my god, so heavy. You're like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to go the. I think I thought it would be good for us to go the exact opposite route. And there's a, you know, uh, and I'll I'll do the plot real quickly because it's uh you know, it's um. Really simple. It's a trauma film, so we're not looking at your, you know, this isn't... We're not really seal. deep diving, yeah. <laughs> this isn't Bergman. Okay, so we got honor students turned to punk gang after nuclear waste. Also, typical high school comedy about teenagers trying to get laid, but with toxic waste. That was, that was my notes. Um, <laughs> and I've seen, you know, of course, I've seen this before, but uh, kind of give me your thoughts before I dive into a little bit some of the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> It's uh, it's one, it's 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 so stupid. It's like one of the stupidest movies I've ever seen. Uh, I like it. I it's fun. It's an, it's yeah. silly, and it's like the effects are like really silly, but I really like them. Um, I I like the ending. I mean, it was like enough for me to be like, this is ridiculous, and I'm actually watching it right now, but I'm still kind of enjoying it. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope you liked the laser scene that happens in the middle of the movie to kind of set you up to go, oh, that's going to play a part very soon yeah. towards the end. Um, it was, I mean, like the, everything in this movie is like, you can see it coming a mile away, but it's kind of its joy or it's kind of its, its charm is that like, it's so fucking stupid. It's so <laughs> stupid. Like even you laugh at it and then you're like I I don't even know my brain is so dumb for finding this funny but I still kind of do. Yeah, I mean like one of the things that I like about trauma films, especially this one, you know, and and is that okay, prior to the Universal old Universal Studios and stuff like that, this like the Wolfman versus, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein. This was probably the first time you really, aside from that, that you really had a shared universe, you know, like, um, Tromaville High, High, yeah, that's great, you know, isn't that where, that's where Toxic Avenger takes place, you know what I mean, like, yeah. all, all of these, I like that Troma films were really kind of building their own shared universe, and if I'm not mistaken, and it's been a long fucking time, I believe that Toxic Avenger also had appearances with, or vice versa, with Sergeant Kabuki Man, which was another Troma franchise, so I love the idea that like they really did before Marvel was like, you know, Marvel films or DC's films or anything like that, or that failed reboot of Universal's uh, what a Dark World, whatever. Troma actually was like kind of like the, hey, we've got a shared universe, you know, characters are going to be the same in, in all these different movies. I love that. Um, yeah, I do too. It, it's like, it's Troma, the whole entity is really fun. Um, yeah. And I, I enjoy it too. It's like a lot of it's really silly and like uh, just some of the movies, I'm just thinking of the scenes. I'm like, oh God, that's just, it's so stupid. But it's like, what a great, stupid yeah. movie. I, I mean, I love how like there's that scene where like in the very beginning where that one nerdy kid gets, um he gets, I know he dr accidentally drinks toxic waste from the, the water fountain and he ends up spazzing out in his like class and jumps out the window. And I swear to God, and I know it's not the case. Like I, the more I, my, I think about it, the more I'm like, no, it's impossible. But I swear it's the same shot of Melvin from Toxic Avenger being, jumping out the window. They just Probably. reused the same. They did, I know they didn't because yeah. in Toxic Avenger, he's wearing, I think he's wearing a tutu when he does the jump, but it's like, it's almost like spot on, you know? And what I love about this movie is like, um, 
you know, they, it was originally called Atomic High, right? And, it, yeah. and, and the, the, one of the, the co-director uh, was one of the writers. And he was originally going to do this movie by himself, you know? Um, he was going to just do it independently of Troma. But then Troma was like, no, 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 we'll, 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 do, we'll distribute it for you. I'm talking about Richard, um, Richard Haynes here. Uh, and then slowly but surely, Troma took away Richard Haynes's film, you know? And like, which you never really imagined happening with Troma, you know? Like, but he was like, yeah, I just didn't want to be a work for hire anymore. I never worked with them again because, you know, they didn't, they, they took away my, my creative control. And I'm like, man, they, yeah, so you don't, you, yeah, but you don't even hear that with stuff like Troma. But it was supposed to be called Atomic High. And this is where I think, I think things kind of like start going south for the, the original director or uh, Richard Haynes is that then they go ahead and remake the they re, well, first thing they want to do is rename the movie Class of Newcomb High. And why is because they want to capitalize. They're hoping that they can trick audiences and going, hey, I like that movie Class of 1984. I'll go see this movie Class of Newcomb High, you know, <laughs> um, which is funny because the, the, the cover of this movie, this VHS cover, it's like, oh, man, like you are expecting like you're expecting kind of like a combination of Class of 1984 and like Mad Max, which is weird because Class of 99 is almost closer to that than anything. But it's not. Um, but the VHS cover is so misleading for this movie because it looks way, it looks like it's going to be way cooler than it is. <laughs> I still love this movie, but like once you realize when you're watching this movie that you're not going to get like a classic 1984 type movie, it still turns out to be better than you expected. But, um, but yeah, so they, they renamed the class of Newcomb high to, to trick fans. Um, but um, <laughs> I actually love this variety. <laughs> Variety's review of this movie was, this is the headline, a misguided attempt to extract gross-out humor from the very real concerns about nuclear power plants. Uh -huh. Like, somebody really watched Class of Newcomb High and was <laughs> really offended. He was like, no, no, man, there's just some things you just cannot touch. You cannot yeah. joke about this. You cannot. Um, it's, so, it's so funny because the whole movie is like a parody of everything else, but it's like yes. a parody of stupid things, you know, like the whole marijuana, but like it's laced with something and it's like, it's just so silly. It's laced with new with toxic waste. I love that. Um, I I, just, I can't. I really just can't. Uh, it's so ludicrous. This fucking movie. And um, and I mean, and the soundtrack on the other hand is the best part of the entire fucking movie. Oh my um, god! I was thinking about that too because I'm like, this sounds like someone made up. You know, like I sometimes I'm like so bored that I'm like opening the fridge and it's like the same thing someone except someone's just thinking about Newcomb High and they're like Newcomb High it's oh, yeah, so stupid I like but I, I like it because I do the same thing but I'm like this would be like if I was alone in the quarantine singing to myself to like keep my sanity yeah you have no internal monologue and that's what this, <laughs> yeah I although I, I do love this soundtrack I think it's it's pretty rad and like um I mean the dialogue is really what I mean here's things the dialogue wasn't so on point in its ludicrousness, I think um, I wouldn't have enjoyed this movie as much. Like, I got a few favorite lines, and two of them kind of tie into each other. But the first one is there's a scene where they're at a party, and the, our female lead says, <laughs> I just can't say this with a straight face, but somehow she did. It might just be my, my woman's intuition, you guys, but something is going on. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I just wish everybody talked like that. Um, and then there's that scene where, like, at the same party, you know, like, the, our two heroes, which are like, kind of like the straight-laced couple, like, the boyfriend's like, 
yeah, let's go to a Fellini movie. And I was like, oh, fuck, go fuck I know. Yourself. Yeah, he's like, we're not going to Fellini Fest? <laughs> and then she goes, and then her response when she gets all, like, she smokes weed and gets all super horny is, fuck the Fellini Festival. And I, by the way, I love Fellini, but I would, lo- I would also love a, a coffee mug which just says, fuck the Fellini Festival <laughs> um, written on it because that's just the coolest thing. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, the, the, the cast is, is, is fuck, they're, I mean, it's all, they're all trauma people. And it's weird to me that like in the 80s, trauma, like Roger Corman, he like, um, Roger Corman, his, his New World pictures and, and everything that he was doing even before that, like Roger Corman, he like, he helped mentor all these like major directors like Scorsese, Coppola, Demi, you know, all these people like um, Ron Howard, you know, like all these people that are like, have become legends in directing and filmmaking. He had a hand in that. Whereas with Troma, up until like, I would say the night, the late nineties, nobody really kind of ever broke free from Troma. They all just kind of stayed within that bubble, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then you got James Gunn who like, and, and, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone who all had an early involvement with Troma and then kind of became their own thing, you know? But like, it's weird, like uh, Empire Film, Empire Pictures, you know, Charles Band's thing. They had Stuart Gordon, you know, you had, um, you had movies like Terror Vision. Trauma never quite, it was like, they, they, you know, it was almost like a stigma. Like once you start working on trauma stuff, hey, you have a job, but you're never really going to, you're never really going to stretch yourself outside of that, you know? And uh, I think it's really interesting that it was very um, hermetically sealed. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I, it's also like trauma had its own like weird cult following yeah. in itself, you know? So like, yeah, like you said, with, with the exceptions, um, yeah. it's hard to, to see anyone that has done otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think, I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. I just think it's interesting that, there, you know, it, it, you know trauma has, there's a lot of similarities to like, you know, Roger Corman's production companies and, you know, Empire, you know, Empire Films, um, Empire Pictures by Charles Band and then Full Moon Features, which, you know, also, you know, kind of sprung from that. But, you know, so they're very, all very similar, but Troma's the one where nobody really ever, you know, aside yeah. from Toxic Avenger, which I, I, here's things, I love Toxic Avenger. I saw Citizen Toxie in the theater in Boston at uh, Coolidge Corner at a midnight screening on its, it was the East Coast premiere. And they had Sergeant Kabuki Man running through the audience. They had, I think they had somebody dressed up as Toxic Avenger. And it was awesome. It was like, I mean, that's what Troma films are. It's like, when I see that opening logo, I'm like, ah, it's, what time is it? It must be midnight because that's, there are the quintessential midnight films, you know? Yeah. But, um, so I'm not, I'm not ragging them at all. And they, they always, as they went by, you know, as the years went by, they would get some great faces for their, you know, their films. Like Lemmy was in a few Troma films. I think Corey Feldman showed up. Like people that like, these are not like A-list people. You know, Lemmy is, but you know, Corey Feldman, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But like, they're, they're, they're still, they're still getting all these like eccentric, you know, famous figures to show up in their movies and I, I do love that you know um by no means my knocking trauma and uh i know people who've gotten involved with them you know film wise and like they've gotten their stuff distributed by them so it's awesome you know it's great i just you know i mean yeah i know people who worked for trauma and they have like a career in film now thanks to them you know what i mean so exactly i mean it's a it's a maybe a small comparatively speaking to, to mm. other things but it's still sure. like a niche part of the industry that's still like really cool and enjoyable and silly it's just like kept in silliness you know right and like especially 80s trauma like it always reminds you that like you know 
films were made in New York too, you know? Like, I know we know that even now, and I know that, like, but it's, like, it reminds you that these were these guys were operating out of New York City, out of, like, New York City slash New Jersey, and, like, you know, it, they weren't doing it in the Hollywood system, which is one of the reasons why I love Class of Newcomb High, is because, like, it was like, hey, what do we have, what, what, you know, what kind of location do we have for cheap? Oh, we have a high school? Great, let's make fucking make a, a weird movie about high school, you know? And, like, I, I just love that. There's something so endearing about that that i and i love seeing like uh so the guy who plays the nuclear power plant manager mm-hmm. uh was an actor named uh, pat ryan and the only other things i've seen him in is the you know the first toxic avenger but he was also in a movie called street trash which is um it's this great cult film i think it's on shutter um but you should check it out again it's, it's kind of like blood-sucking freaks only in the sense that like you know be very careful who you're going to sit down and watch it with because some people are going to be in in on the joke and some people aren't but it's about a bunch of um you know, winos and, and, and homeless people, homeless drunk guys who come across a case of um, uh, bad booze that makes their head, makes them disintegrate from the inside and they become <laughs> weird amorphous blobs and everything. It's an insane movie, but Pat Ryan was also in that. And uh, he passed away a few years later, like I think in the early nineties. So, um, you know, uh, it's good to see him. And then I'm sorry, but the woman who plays Muffy, you know, Theo mm-hmm. Cohen, she's, a, she's like the badass one with like the, the paint, the red, tights and everything super fucking hot just have to throw that out there <laughs> i don't know if it's because of the weird crazy shit on her face or the fact that she's just like beating the shit out of dudes and just like uh, i just thought it was so hot um yeah she was great yeah i mean she's my favorite part of the whole movie um but yeah i i i mean there's really not much i don't want to you're not really giving anything away uh from class in newcomb high you know it's pretty straightforward you know from the very opening credits you're like i know exactly what i'm in for yeah, the um, opening is like a nice shot of New York still too with the towers, and you're like, oh, yeah. there they are, the World Trade Center towers. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scene from Tromaville, New Jersey, which is just always makes me smile too. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. so it's just fun. It's silly. It's like a nice, just kind of like mood lifter. It's a comfort yeah. food movie for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, and and it's, yeah, I would definitely recommend people. You know. Check it out. I think it's on Prime. I know. I, I think I watched it on Prime. I mean, I've seen it so many times. I love, you know, I don't know. I, I, I find myself combing, you know, the, uh, you know, all the streaming services for trauma stuff just because, you know, uh, the titles themselves. I mean, like my, my late stepdad and I would always crack up because when, when I was a kid, we watched, there was this trauma thing on TV. It was like a special. And I was like, it must have been eight or nine. And it was just kind of like a 30 minute, like, you know, this is what trauma films is up to. It was played on some channel. And my dad thought the title Surf Nazis Must Die was like the funniest thing he'd ever heard. <laughs> and uh, it, I mean, it's one of the greatest titles of all time. Well, like, well, movie is having, so um, they, they uh, curate every 30 days. So each day is a new movie. So they've been doing trauma films though. So they have a few of them on there as well. Um, you know, I, we talked about um, Blood Sucking Freaks and then there's yeah. a few other that are on there right now. And they do free you know, free week or two weeks or month, whatever. So you could sign up and watch your fill and then, you know, cancel it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, or mean, keep that's... it. I mean, I keep it. I love it. It's my favorite app, but still. Yeah. No, I mean, it's funny because the movie has some, like, I'll, I'll see stuff that they have played before in the past. Like, I've been dying, desperately looking for this one movie since I saw it in the theater. Um, and it's supposed, to get, it's supposed to get released on Blu-ray and, and regular DVD. Uh, it's called Last Night at the Alamo. It's a great film made in Texas. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I've never been able to find it since. 
and I know movie played it at least once because they have it in their database, they have it in their files, but it's like, you know, they don't, they don't, it's not like a streaming service where you can just watch, hey, we've played it it's, now. It it's curates every day, every yeah. 30 days. So yeah. each day is a different movie that cycles in and out. And so when it's out, it's out, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I keep, I, I, I definitely wanted to check it out. I know that you've talked about it a lot and, and everything and, and I'm going to someday. I'm just going to do it. That right moment right moment um but for right now i'm i'm you know i'm pretty content with uh you know i think shutter's doing some great stuff still and oh god i mean we would <laughs> it's so shame that we would fall apart if none of these things existed it's like, oh, oh immediately yeah i mean what else would i do <laughs> actually you know what i've said i know it's funny I, I i've joked about this before but it's like you know i've always joked that if there was a a major crisis like the one we're having right now my i have i have a pretty sweet setup i've got a a library of videos and DVDs. I have a, a closet full of board games. Um, the only thing that I, I, I'm, I'm worried about now is just running out of power, you know? And I told my wife that, hey, if we lose power, you're just going to have to keep pedaling, you know? <laughs> oh. You can just get a generator, you know, keep it in, the, in your apartment yeah. building, try to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, shoot. Well, she hopefully... I, I was going to say, hopefully we all survive and that we still have power... Uh, by the next time we have an episode (laughs) yeah we'll see what happens um you know but uh for right now i think you know stay inside watching this is that time where if you're like hey there's all these movies i want on my list of things that i wanted to do and i haven't done it yet guess what this is the fucking time to watch that movie you know um so fucking watch it yeah watch these stupid movies that could be a waste of your time but also really fun but also what else are you doing with your time right now yeah (laughs) So, what do you got to lose? That's that's all, folks. See you next time. Welcome to Tromaville High, an average American high school, with one exception. It's located only one mile away from a nuclear power plant. They said it was 100% safe. But they were wrong. There's no danger, Governor. We have the situation well in hand. Welcome to the class of Newcomb High. Yes, at Newcomb High, strange things are happening. The Honor Society has changed from a group of clean-cut preppies into a vicious gang of cretins. We're the youth of today. The teenage student body is transformed into horrifying mutations. And physical education is turned into a nightmare of violence. The class of Newcomb High. Introducing Warren and Chrissy. I love you. Two young lovers caught in a world gone mad. Class of Newcomb High.
Yes, at Nukem High, anything can happen. <gasps> and does. The class of Nukem High, where you'll learn the three R's. Reading, writing, and radiation. <gasps> See the most explosive action of the year. <laughs> the class of Nukem High. Rated R. Yeah! <laughs>